0: Hello, you're listening to the Roasting Room Soundboard podcast, recorded live here at the Roasting Room Lounge in beautiful downtown Bluffton, South Carolina. I'm your co host, Todd Cowart, along here with Jordan Ross and Trevor Harden. We record this podcast live every Wednesday night on the stage here at the Roasting Room at uh, 10 o'clock p.m. We're here to talk about the new acts that are featured this upcoming week on the Roasting Room stage. Um, play some of their tunes, drink some fine whiskey, talk about music we're listening to, play some music from the archives here from the Roasting Room live recordings. And um, yeah, let's get going.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to the fourth edition of the Roasting Room Soundboard. I am your host, Jordan Ross, with my dear friend, Todd Cowart. What's up, Jordan? And a special guest tonight, John Cranford. Hello, Todd. Hello, Ooh. Jordan. Hello, hey, buddy. John, what's up? So, John Cranford, of course, is from the vaulted band Cranford Hollow. We're so excited for him coming in here this Saturday night. Sorry, though, the show sold out.
2: Yep. Too bad.
0: It's, so, it's one thing to promote a show that's already sold out. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right? right? That's a good spot. It's gonna to be, be a in. great show
2: for seventy-five people that are here. I always but, get to like the week up of a local show and impressing really hard. To oh man, we got to social media the heck out of this nope you not doing anything it's oh. sold out so it's, it's done, like, done. my good. work my work is done since last week yeah feels yeah. good it, always feels it good it should feel good I mean, it's
1: it's surprisingly
2: you know, this is kind of a small room but it's it's the best sounding it's not... uh, room in the southeast as far as mm. I'm concerned well thank you and I'm not just saying that for the podcast I mean you could have but that's
1: fine. I could have.
0: John, do you play a lot of smaller rooms or are you mostly bigger in festivals and larger I would, stages?
2: I would say that 75% of what we do is something relatively this size. Oh, really? It's a, yeah. it's a bar shows. And most of what we do out west, most of what we do in the southeast is bar shows. Cool. So it's, it's nice to come into somewhere where it was thought out and not a place where... Oh, we're a bar. Now let's put a stage in the corner. Total afterthought. Yeah, yeah, I hate that. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) that really works out well for anybody. Uh, Really, uh, yeah,
2: sure. Terrible things to
1: say about people when they do that. (laughs) However, we don't have to. That's neither here nor there. He doesn't at the roasting room. Not terrible things to say about. We we don't don't have to worry about that. We put stage as front and center as we could make it. Um. Anyway, so we got uh, we we have got you guys coming in. But, you know, we had you in here right before Christmas.
2: The Christmas show. And you
1: did a special Christmas show.
2: Cranford Hall of Christmas.
1: Right. And you also did a Christmas CD release during that time as well. We did
2: a five-song Christmas album. That's super fun. cool. That we were excited about, which was difficult because of licensing. You hear all these Christmas songs. Right. And everybody knows them. Sure. But unless it was written, what, 75 years or older? Mm -hmm. as a copyright
1: so how did you work I
2: mean you just had to pick old traditional songs we literally went into the database and found um, you know public share songs Harry Uh,
0: Fox or whatever
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah, and and all this stuff that's been around for a couple hundred a year
0: years
3: right
2: and tried to figure out how to put that into our our format and it was it was a really fun project it was the first major project we did entirely to at Swampfire cool so that was like a a big procedure of figuring out how do we make a record in this space.
1: Nice. Which we'll talk about Swampfire in a bit, but first I want to play a track that was recorded live here during your uh, show. The Christmas show? The Christmas show. Yeah. This was God rest you merry gentlemen. Um, We're going to play about a minute and a half clip of this. And this is Eric Reed going crazy, but also Yanni. Going absolutely insane on a solo during this. Let's have a listen to God Rest You, Mary Gentleman, Cranford Hollow version. That was smoking, jamming. This was my favorite. Yeah, man. So how long did it take you guys to arrange that out?
2: Not very long. I used Logic for a majority of writing, producing, Mm -hmm. and I got the format of the song down with the band, sat in front of the computer with a guitar and a keyboard and and a click track and laid out, you know, verse, chorus, solo section, Mm -hmm. and then just layered everything, got everybody in one at a time and you just rehearse the crap out of it yeah i mean we don't we don't rehearse enough for records and i think that's the beauty of of technology of what we're doing now that one guy can you right. know, come in and work on his part we did our mm-hmm. first record to tape and that was a long hard learning curve yeah because eventually the sound of the tape machine rewinding becomes like the bane of your existence, <laughs> and the engineer just stops. Maybe trying to construct constructively tell you what you did wrong. Yeah, he just hits the re- rewind button. He's <laughs> he
1: just, he just like, so he's like it's oh. a sound. He's like, of, no, I'll a, just cut it in post. He's like, no, I'm, we're just going to record that. Again. It's a sound <laughs> of rejection. <laughs> yeah. of every every <laughs> time, <laughs> <That's The> reminder <laughs> of the career path you chose. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're officially rewinding. That's that's awesome, and. Yeah, in today's in today's music production, that is such a hard yeah, thing it for to granted. think about. We definitely yeah. Take it for granted, yeah, absolutely. If like we going to Logic and like I'm just going to go ahead and hit Apple.
0: I think every and just cut that. Right every there.
2: band should go make a a truly analog record. Absolutely. Just yeah. To, yeah. Muscle, know, muscle right. strolls, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just have the experience and have it under your belt. Do one, right and then never do it again. You yeah. did that in Jacksonville, right? St. Augustine. Oh, St. Augustine. Crescent okay. Beach, which is south yeah. of St. Augustine at Retrophonic Studios of Jim DeVito. And after Matthew, a lot of that studio was destroyed. So they're oh, rebuilding no. and it was it was a bad time for Jim and his wonderful wife Nancy. They have a large facility and just a small apartment attached to their studio. So you know, w- your home's flooded and your place of business. So it was like like a lot of people on Hilton Head. You yeah, I tell yeah, man,
0: that's a bummer. I took a tree in my house with Matthew Jeez. right through the middle of it. Yeah, so we had
2: uh, about two inches of water in our apartment. We had to move.
0: Super fun. Wow,
2: man. I'm way happier at our new spot. So yeah, it wasn't all bad, but yeah. it was tough. It was tough for everybody.
0: Yeah, it was. It's hard to find a roofer after hurricane. <laughs> 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 I can't yeah, even was, imagine. Uh, the butt, yeah. one that's going to
1: give you a fair price too. Yeah, that, that was tough. Yeah. Well, anyway, moving right along. So, anyway, um, so he's uh, yeah. Your show on Saturday is already set. We're good. We don't even need to
2: promote anything other <laughs> to than to say for the people that are coming, it's going to be great. You just have to finagle that uh, ten spot guest list, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know what we're going to do about that. We're,
1: we're, we're going to have to talk about that off fight. the mic, John. We're just we're going to get a knife <laughs> fight going. We're going to have the, in the have to talk about the guest wrestling. list. John. the strongest arm wrestler it
2: can, can come, come to the amazing. show. <laughs> anyway
1: so that's saturday uh this friday which is two days from now as of our this recording we're gonna bring native in we had native in march of last year and i'm telling you man from march of last year to june of this year i don't even know this band that's a
2: totally different band it's a big exponential curve straight up i think the Amount of time that those dudes spend rehearsing as well as experimenting plus the amount of shows they played, you know, you can't take away show experience from a band.
1: No.
0: Right. There's Especially totally different. young bands they can grow quick if they start playing yeah. live. Yeah.
2: And those guys have a direction. I think Ben has a focus, a really strong focus for somebody his age about what he wants. Um, Stu Ensco and I produced and Stu mixed and I recorded or engineered uh, this track, Reflection, and and they had a they had a plan. They had a a path. Ben knew what he wanted, and that was so nice to work with. It's fantastic. Somebody locally that really knows right. what they want. Awesome. Well, let's play
1: Native. Um, and was this,
0: this was recorded? With, this was a, at, at, Swampfire. Recorded at Swampfire. At Swanfire. Swampfire, the
1: song's called Reflection. We're going to play about a minute forty-five. Let's have a listen.
0: Rock and roll,
1: man. Man, that is arena. That is arena rock Absolutely. and
0: roll.
2: Bonaroo.
1: Yeah, you you guys, if you are on the fence about coming out to the show, who knows in a year where these guys are going to be? I don't know. Is that,
0: is that one's not sold out yet?
1: No, it's. we're going to take some of these tables and pull them out. We're going to kind of do like a hybrid standing sitting show. We're going to have kind of a little pocket where people can stand and kind of get crazy if they want to. But also kind of over in the side, we'll have some uh, – Probably the table that we're sitting at right now is going right. to be pulled out.
0: So if people don't know anything about Native, let, let's just talk about them there. Is it a four-piece? What, what is it? What are they, five? Five-pieces? Uh, ben.
2: Um, Grayson plays bass. Uh, Nate Douglas is their drummer. Davis Lentz uh, plays the saxophone, who's actually brothers with Grayson. And um, Zach. Stevens. Stevens, yeah, plays, plays guitar, and he's an incredible guitar player. Yeah, sounds great. And Ben's very, very much a performer. When he gets on stage, he he means it, is and he's in
0: he's in the zone. Is that a keyboard that I hear doing that? That that, that they
2: have a keyboard that replicates that sound right. live, but we actually we just used a MIDI. We built it. We built that. Synth. But like,
0: do you think they would use that? They, they live replicate it live. Like they found yeah, they something, something that works. Work. Yeah, cool. It sounds nice. great, man. It really yeah. does. has gotta be, It's gotta be a trip to. to to turn something out like that from your from yeah your I, I think nice. you
2: know it's a group effort Stu has a lot to do uh, with the mixing aspect um, but having the guys in you know it was just it was a lot of fun
0: was that track mostly uh, instrument at a time or did they track any of that live yeah I think we had the the
2: keyboard synth thing going uh, drums um, some vo- vocal scratch vocal and then some guitars and then bass built and then, it up right Cool. It really tracking. sounds great. You Thank get, you.
0: I'm sure they, I'm sure they're proud of it. I'm sure you are too. You yeah, totally. Yeah,
2: we, you know, my my thing is time, and I wish I would have been able to spend more time. Unfortunately, we, the only track from the record that we did at Swampfire is that track. They have, I think, eight other songs that are coming out on the record.
0: Can we talk about Swampfire? So, what, 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 do you have several artists that you've have been, turned projects out from there yet?
2: We've done um, five compilation albums over the past seven years. Uh, We did CH2's Rock the Triangle, and these are usually compilation albums of 10 to 20 songs. And each artist comes in and records. And previously we had Greg Critchley on the island, and Greg also assisted in some recording in his space. But everybody, Martin Lesh, Will Snyder, Storks, uh, Alan Stockard had some stuff on Swampfire. We should stop and talk about Greg Critchley just a second. Where did he go? What a, what a wild
0: man! Where did he do, what happened to that? Dude? Oh, he went
1: to California because he's a stud. One and two, that dude played with Rush. He's the
0: man. He's Drums. a Canadian beast. I mean, it's not it's not yeah. bad. like you know, we were talking about, I think I played with him one time at at your church game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we we're talking, and I was talking about like a drummer I admire. I admire Aaron Sterling a lot. He's a great drummer. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm friends with Aaron." He's like, "You can just shoot him a text. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll play on your track, man. Just send it, send it your track. He'll play." I'm like, "What? This is like, not. What? Real. Yeah, that's crazy."
2: Greg's another unofficial uh, member of Cranford Hollow. He did all the drums on our self-titled record. We'd started pre-production for the self-titled. I think that was 2013, 2012, and Randy left the band at the time uh, on hiatus, and we didn't really have anybody working on this record with us and we're kind of shifting drummers for gigs and greg greg just said "Oh, i'll play the drums and he did a fantastic job
0: it's so important i mean i'm sure you'd agree with this but the when you mix a record if the drums aren't right nothing's right it's man. the hardest, <laughs> it's the hardest, hardest part. thing to record and that's why i think you know there's so many drummers who end up being engineers absolutely because they sort of have to They've they've done the heavy lifting of recording because they're used to working with drums. And for a guitar player to walk into a room and try to engineer a drum set, it's going to be a mess. It's it generally you know like yeah, right. it's it's really hard. I mean, not your drums sounded great. I'm not saying that, but well, and as a as a guy
2: that makes records, makes a lot of records, or have been making records for the past seven years, I'd take a studio drummer any day over a gigging drummer. Right. A because animal. a studio drummer knows how to hit the drums and utilize the microphones, actually play to the mics. Right. And a, a rock drummer or a gigging drummer might be a great drummer, might be super proficient in human metronome. Um but to hit the drums with finesse takes a lot, and it's it's not something you learn overnight. Well, you've
0: you've made enough records and you've worked with pro engineers that you clearly know what you're doing, so it's it's not a it's not an issue for you. But I'm just saying, like for the average guy that has just walks in and tries to mix re- a record who's never done it before, right. the drums will always be the hardest part. Eat I always said that you could make
2: you can make a really great record with a sure fifty seven. But you can't make a really good record with drums with a <laughs> <in>. <laughs> I mean you could. You could you know, you could have a room sound that would, would sound amazing and have a preamp that sure. would allow you to, you know, Heat focus in on the right. sound. But you really need to have proper mics and placement and drums need to be tuned and there's so many elements to no a doubt. drum kit no that doubt. you have one bolt on a drum that rattles.
1: That's going to ruin your
0: mix. It's trash, yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. So, Swampfire is totally, you, you just mentioned earlier, totally
2: finished out. You're ready to roll. Yeah, we're done. We're, we, you know, we need a little TLC in the front room. But we really didn't want to change very much of the live room. It's a great room, and it has this strange wooden wall. Where are you located? By we're uh, right across from John's Music, conveniently. That's very convenient. We're on uh, 21 New Orleans Road. I, and,
0: me- I remember that space. Martin used yeah. to use that space quite a bit, right? Yeah,
2: we, in- we inherited it from the
0: great lush. <laughs> the great <laughs> <laughs> We have a, a picture
2: of Martin hanging in the studio. Of, he must have been in his early 20s, and he has this sort of like bad three-day mustache and like a ponytail <laughs> and like this very you know, brooding look on his face. And he's the almighty lush. In fact, if you need to use the Wi-Fi, At Swampfire, the password is Praise Lesh.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) It's cool to watch Martin, the way he's evolved as a musician, just as a peer, you know, just to see his his track, you know, he's, he's 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 doing doing, it right. He's a cool dude, man. He's a cool dude.
1: And if you want to talk about um, a dude that can also sell a room, he was, he, when he played with Angie Apera was the fastest selling artist here. They
2: sold out the room in like a week. Martin doesn't do a lot of late night anymore and no. Martin what people maybe don't know or a large portion of his audience is Martin's a fantastic singer songwriter. No doubt. Okay. Yeah. He's a phenomenal stride piano player um, just a heavyweight on the jazz scene in the southeast but he writes these phenomenal uh, you know kind of singer songwritery type songs yeah, definitely. And, and some of my most enjoyable tracks I've heard over the Past few years have been Martin's stuff. Yeah, he's great. Writer. Yeah, he's
1: fantastic, and we're looking forward to eventually getting back here. He played here with Angie in November.
0: It'd be cool to see Martin in this room by himself, or doing his own stuff, or doing headline. Yeah, he put, a headlining well, he, show, he was yeah. able to
1: play. The, the beauty of him playing with Angie was they traded songs, so it was back and oh, forth. Cool. He played with Angie, but also did play a lot of his own. He reminds me of like a Harry Nilsson type of, or maybe even. Like a Randy Newman type of type of writer, he just kind of like a tongue and cheek type of dude. Absolutely, I just love it. We're
2: gonna try to get Marty in for the. Uh, we'll talk about this later in the show, but the uh, the Graceland show. Marty is a member. Oh
1: of boy, South yeah, that's a that's a
0: secret. That's a secret. <laughs> you just, you just ruined your own secret. Yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> I, I told Jordan <laughs> earlier.
2: I have no secrets. I have,
1: yeah, man. Well, this is uh, this is gonna be cool. We're we're excited about that too. We're we going uh, to there to talk about. We'll we'll go there for sure. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll right. we're gonna s- slide right into what happened. Last weekend. All right. Here at the
0: Roasting Room. So, just to recap, this week...
1: This week, uh, the only ticket you can get... is native. ...is native on Friday night, and it's going to be a hybrid standing sitting. We just played it earlier. These guys are on their way up. They are... Their trajectory is straight to the top.
0: John, you got any other shows you want to promote other than The Resting Room real quick while you're here?
2: We're, we're always stoked about the 4th of July on the beach Tiki Hut. That's insane. Get a couple thousand people down on, the, on the beach Hilton Head, which is a totally underutilized or was until the Tiki Hut decided... Let's build a let buy a stage and build a, a area a performance area. They've I, done I, a fantastic I, Tiki job. Hut's
0: another great example of like it's sort of like this room. Like somebody who saw something that no one else saw. You know, like it was not that for a long time, and now it's become this yeah really hip venue for music. Man, it's it's.
2: When I started playing down here, the Tiki yeah. Hut was a gig that you didn't you didn't really think about as a original songwriter. Right, no, it just wasn't a room that it was you a in, you, room. you know, yeah. you wanted to. They, you know at the time majority of the, the music being played there was covers. I played and there 10 years ago and that was all you did. I love seeing all the original bands they're bringing in and, yeah. and Soul books a ton of acts up and down the eastern seaboard and from all over the place and they just keep doing a better and better job yeah. no doubt. so I think they're on the right track. I think you know the, the low country scene as a whole has evolved. In so many waves, and what I'd like to see at least is the wave will dissipate every year or two, and there'll be a lull, but some of that high water mark retains, and things like the Roasting Room or what's happened at Tiki Hut or even what Thomas has done at Boardroom, um, you know, there's there's a, a need for bands on Hilton Head, and that hasn't always been the case.
1: Yeah, we, we missed it in the mid- to late two thousands was when it really tailed off. When monkey business went out. Right. That was a that left a really big hole for the live original music bands. I miss
2: the the pizza place attached to Mojo Brick Oven. Brick Oven Brick Oven used to have stuff too. And that's where I met everybody and coming down here I had stumbled in there late one night and there was an open mic session. And I came back the next week, not knowing anybody, and that's where I met Marty and Joe Vickers and John Wilkins and Jesse Watkins and Angie Aparo and right. uh, Billy Blair and yeah. Edwin McCain showed up. Right. I mean, it was really a neat. When did
0: you move to the island, John?
2: I think 08, '08, fall of '08. So this would have been you know winter of '09, and just to make that initial connection. But then you know you got five amazing musicians on stage trading songs or jamming together every Wednesday night. Yeah. It was a it was a good uh, breeding ground for trying out new material yeah. and having comparable pit players that can pick something up. Yeah. So I I miss that. I, I wish there was an open mic still with that format. And I've been to a lot of the open mics and and it's just a lot of cover music. And I understand that right. you're a guy that's at home learning a song in your bedroom and you want to go out and play it. I think it's a, that's a great place to start. Right but the the originality of of the music is i don't know got lost somewhere on the open mic concept right now
1: well let's actually i'm i am kicking myself we should have talked about this early tomorrow night is our songwriter showdown here what that's right i know i feel i feel really bad isaac smith does the songwriter showdown once a month where people come from all over the place and in fact they go to our website, roastingroomlounge.com, and they type in, um, well, they Oh, they go to the, actually, let me pull it up.
0: So is this something that he does every month? Is it a Thursday? Once a month, last the Thursday of every month. Is it typically the Roasting room only Thursday thing that um, you guys do? You guys do stuff on Thursdays otherwise?
1: We, we are in the process of doing more things. Thursdays, we have tried Thursday things, Yeah, and Thursday's a tough night in yeah. Bluffton. I don't know what it is, I don't know why if it's a uh, just an off night.
0: Well, it's a real it's a real luxury and a gift to not um I remember when you started doing this and it's like listen man keep this very sacred. Do mm-hmm. not just put something in there to right. have something in there. Right. It's got to right. work and it's got people have to leave saying that was an incredible experience. And as soon as you start diminishing that to try to make it more yeah. You make it less. Right. Yeah.
1: So we have definitely taken that advice yeah. and we've really dialed back. And this was April of last year when we tried to do every night. We tried to have music. Yeah. It just, it no way. tanked. It, did, it, well, it didn't work anyway. So we go to roostingroomlounge.com and you go to songwriters in the menu and it will take you to a, a song, a fill out form where you go in and you, you type in your name, where you're from, email address, you're a link to original music because Isaac will go in there, listen to the original music, and kind of place you in a month that's going to kind of fit. How many people do you think will six. be coming
0: in? There's six. Six tops. Okay, so yeah. has he already selected the six that yes. are coming in for tomorrow? For June, yeah. That's super cool, man.
1: So we have we have a way that you can select which month you'd like to come in. And these people are routing. I mean, they're routing in to play this. So they're coming from all over the place. That's great, man. So it's fantastic. And it's a way for, for songwriters that are doing original music that – for. For every ten people that that submit to try to get a show on a Friday or Saturday here, five of them I will say, you need to try the songwriter show down first. Yeah. Before you before you you know try to get up on the stage and well, we have to like try a, to sell you for ten dollars a piece. Like it's what saying.
0: you were saying. You know, it, it's a little bit more formal than just you know an open mic where it's where it's super loose. I mean, the structure of this thing actually uh, in the vetting process it makes people take it more seriously and it's, it's a super great format. That's makes really it cool. more serious.
1: But, yeah. but again, back to your point though, like someone like John can't just show up tomorrow night with a guitar and just play original music. Oh, come on, John can. <laughs> I mean, yes, he could. <laughs> I, like the vet, I like the vetting process, <laughs> but I think that's But what you were speaking about on Hilton head when you can just show up with a guitar, but also bring original music and play with Angie and with Martin and, Like, that's just, that's a thing. It was like,
2: it was like an expected, you, you wouldn't go in there and play wagon wheel. Right. You'd you'd just feel terrible about your being.
1: Does anyone
0: feel good about their being when they play wagon wheel? Some (laughs) people do. I don't know, man. Uh, Short short, short
1: story. I saw, I saw Phil who was in uh, the bass player for Cranford Hollow and Scott. Uh, Myers, who runs your technical stuff. They came to uh, Harborside when I was playing, and I was in the middle of <laughs> playing a request for Wagon Wheel, and they looked at me like, really? Really, But well, I'm like, hey, di- man. It's,
2: if it's, it's a different, business what, it's you different do, business. what you do as a solo artist for right. a couple hundred bucks on a weeknight at a tourist destination is a completely different job requirement Absolutely. than Right. Than playing a songwriter show or right. playing in a band. Yeah, if you're playing wagon wheel, don't right. have if you're, if you're building show a
0: house, don't bring a shovel. Yeah, you know <laughs> I mean? Like Or Absolutely. whatever. There's, you got to bring the hammer for the right job, man. Right. That's it. And that's been
2: my whole deal with wagon wheel. It's it's like, look, I'm not frowning on playing cover songs. I'm not frowning on on the the solo guy gig right. that pays a lot of people's bills. Right. That's a whole another podcast I can get into about how the musicianship and the economy of the musicians in this market is actually a, a large piece of the economy yeah, and a, not totally. only a beneficial or valuable monetarily but also just as a arts community to build our arts community and you know at the same time we do have a lot of guys playing a lot of covers and and that's also its own industry and and rightfully so and right. and on its own two feet it's respected as a way to pay your rent. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great. I think yeah. it's great that if you're a talented guy, you can come down here and, and make some money. If you've ever music. seen
1: Todd play his solo show, oh, you know how artful oh, it Lord. can be to play covers. Oh, Dude, Lord. I mean, when you're playing with your feet and your hands <laughs> and, you're, and you're playing harmonica at the same time, have you seen his foot drum, rig? I've seen it. Oh, yeah. It is. It is something to behold. Uh, We're not talking it, like, like a loop pedal. We're talking like actual, there is foot pedal switch it like you you hit this little foot pedal and like little stick comes out and like pops a cymbal and like you've got a, an actual drum and like it's real but yeah. you're playing it with your feet it's the coolest thing it's weird it's the coolest thing ever i'm not
2: talented enough
1: that's just a lot that. of it's, it's, it's a lot of thing. thought it just takes a lot of thought yeah how are your shins
0: it, it, my my hamstrings are a real mass man <laughs> <laughs> all right but anyway enough about that let's go something anyway else. so
1: yeah I Anyway, so so let's go back to what we were talking about this past weekend. Um, we had a great turnout for Friday and Saturday night. Uh, Killer View came in here on Friday night and brought 70 people with them to watch their show. They had Stace and Referee with them as well, which Referee played their very first live show as that group together, which actually turned out for a first show surprisingly well.
0: The heck of a way to break it in at the roasting room. <laughs> right. I mean, right? That's a, right. That's a pretty that's good Especially legit. for those guys. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a the referee
1: was, was Alan Price, who has played with Shinedown. He's played with other people. He's played with um Doug in yeah. in Souls Harbor. So he knows how to be on stage. He's finally broken away from doing a solo thing and kind of built a band around
2: his new music. So it really was good. Alan's producing. Yeah, Alan's making some records. Yeah, he's in Charleston. And uh, you know, Doug is just a workhorse. Like, you know, I saw him the other week and we were talking about this earlier that Doug was like, yeah, I have 15 shows this week. <laughs> like, how are you alive? 15 <laughs> shows. How are you standing? Yeah, I That's, did. <laughs> I, I think
0: most I did 10 a week for about 10 years. And uh, at this point in my life, no way. It's, it's too hard. I don't I mean, it. Nobody wants to do that.
2: I can't do it. I I struggle with five.
0: Yeah, is that what you're doing right now? About five?
2: About five a week.
1: And for the casual listener out there, that's not a musician. It doesn't seem like, you know, it, it maybe seem like we're kind of whining because we only work for what three hours at a time. But you have to also add in the fact that it's mental strain. It's the strain on the vocals the emotional suffering, it's of, the emotional suffering <laughs> of having to play Wagon Wheel for the fourth time you're, you're loading in and loading out um, it's, you, it's just a different
0: to, you're not allowed to complain about that Jordan I have
2: on, me no I, I don't but you definitely yeah. I mean we'll do gigs where we drive five hours and load in which is two hours that's a whole you're on a whole yeah, level. you're on a three three whole three <laughs> yeah we're not loading two about two hours <laughs> and then drive home <laughs> five hours yeah I mean, that, that's a 17-hour yeah, day. That's a tough, that's a tough day. <laughs> and you made 30 bucks. Well, that's... Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you got to do it.
0: Well, let's talk you, about that a little bit. I mean, just it, how, how has... I mean, now that music is free, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a different world. It, it, for me, I thought it, it changed so so suddenly. It was like all of a sudden, music was readily available, and then when Apple Music came out, it's like, oh, no, no, no. All music is free. Everything is free. And I'm, I'm curious what your take is on it now that you're out you know, in, in the world of free music. <laughs> How does it feel for you? The, the thing that
2: hurts us is I, I don't think that we'll ever press a record on CD again. Right. And we built our business selling records, you know, basically out of the trunk of the van. We, had a merch, we have a merch set up. But that's why we made records. Is that we could come out once a year, have a multiple day release, different shows in, in the Low Country, pre ordering X amount of CDs. You know, you're going to sell X amount of CDs right. at these shows, plus you're selling a hard ticket for the show. So it became a very profitable thing for right. us locally. But the more we tour and the more records we come out with, what we're focused on more so than anything is, is building your 1%. That's Basically, it. as long as 1% of your fan base will buy whatever you put out and not mine paying 99 cents for your new single or nine bucks on iTunes for your new record, that money in turn you know, helps us pay for gas. But it's not even as good as it was five years ago when we started, where now I think people are apprehensive to buy a piece of music, buy something physical, because what in the hell am I going to play it on? They're and, not even putting CD players in cars. Right, what do you do with it? Right. I can find your song right here and put it to my Bluetooth speakers, and Instantly we can all enjoy free. it right now. Right, yeah. So we're giving everything away as well as charging for it, and we're just being dependent on our really awesome, loyal fan base that are going to pre-order or pay or...
0: And what that, have you. that is increasingly the new model. I mean, it really is. It used to be about um, you know, the, the physical products. I, I mean, and I, I've always admired how good you guys are at marketing. You guys are are if ever this music thing you, you quit, you you could have a very, very stay, lucrative stay career as a marketing. marketing. We said that before. <laughs> you're you're really, really good at it. Thank have, I, you. have I mentioned that? You're really good at it. I have so much respect for that. But I don't know, um, you know, now that the model has changed away from, from the commodity, it's really almost like the brand, Cranford, is really what, what you know, obviously your music is is what people want, but they, they they're loyal to you and they're loyal to the band and they're loyal to what you guys do and your vision and they support that vision, but the way that they support it now is not by buying CDs as much as it used to be. Now it's like it's almost like a Patreon kind of model or um or a kickstarter sort of thing even you know where it's like no we believe in you and we we want to make it so that you have a place to do what you do and finding that fan base that will support you is everything and once you have those people you just take care of them and, and you're you're going to be great man, you know and that's what we've
2: loved about the low country is i think we are in a right place right time situation scenario where we were an outdoor, excelled at being an outdoor band playing under a live oak with Spanish moss and a an nice breeze coming off of Calabogie and played these, and still do these three hour sets, right. which comparably, you know, we're not a jam band, but I look at Widespread Panic and I love their format. And Widespread doesn't have a number one hit, but they can sell out 9,000 seats at, the Savannah, whatever convention center, whatever that big building is down there in Savannah. And everybody's buying a shirt and maybe some people are buying some records, but it's the fact that 25 years later, these guys have built almost 30 years later, they built this audience and they built this crowd and they've never had a radio hit or a single. Yeah. And I think that that, that, is a beautiful thing, and I hope that that continues. Sure, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't even understand like the kids these days. I don't. A, that I don't was an old man thing to say. Dude. Why <laughs> they're listening to just it's just there's a lot of garbage. There's a lot of
1: garbage. There's always been a lot of garbage, guys.
2: There's always been a lot of garbage, but I think what's changed is twenty years ago, you still had to go to a studio and make a record. And now, you're on a laptop in a coffee shop making
0: your record. Well, it's it's the it's the idea kind of of the sacred, you know. Like um, back then, I mean, back when in the '70s when there were A and R guys, and it was you know there was talk about vetting. I mean, that was you know nobody got through except Billy Joel and James Taylor and Paul Simon. I mean, those are the guys that got through. But now it's almost like when it becomes so accessible. Um, it's it's kind of like what we're talking about, where more is actually less when you yeah. when, when, when you have so much market saturated, right, right. But it's you know not only is the recording studio no longer really a sacred place like it once was, and that's what kind of sounds like what you're starting with Swampfire, you know, the vibe, you know, the, the muscle muscle shoals, whatever, you know, like the idea of a, like a really cool place, but um, also the 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 other end of it, the the how we listen to music is so different. I mean take back when, you know, you used to put on vinyl and that's why this vinyl resurgence is so thing because it demands your attention and, and when music is so auxiliary, when it's just like something that's in the background, like you say, connecting to your blues, to your speakers, it becomes less sacred, you know, and so keep trying to return it to sort of some sacred thing is, is where it's at. Yeah. And
2: I think so, like selection process, you used to have to make the conscious decision, whether it was a CD or a tape or a track or vinyl, right. to choose this record to listen to. Now I have Amazon Echo and I'm like, hey, Alexa, play Allman Brothers Radio. I'm not even, I mean, I'm maybe choosing a directive artist, but I'm not choosing a track. I'm not going in and say, like, man, I want to listen to Live at Fillmore East in 71. I'm just saying, play this band and similar artists, yeah. which is cool. And that's a double-sided sword with technology is your way to discover, oh man, this is a cool song and I don't know this band, Alexa, what is this band? Yeah. You know, And all of a sudden, wow oh, man, this is my new favorite band. I'm, I'm listening to these guys all and, the time.
0: And this is exactly it, where the thing that gives people pleasure is attention. And if you can focus your attention on something that's good, you're gonna like it, but in a with so many distractions musically and otherwise instagram whatever there's just too much stuff you know there's too much stuff but what people what vinyl is showing people again is that focus and that attention that that people have lost and it's now it's like no 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 no. i'm gonna put on this record and i i physically have to mechanically do this you know and and that it's it's interesting that it's the and throwback. only five songs. And only five songs, right?
2: Maximum. If yeah. you're listening to forty fives, one or two, right? I have to sit here, and, and if you know the fifth song is done, my needle's going to go haywire. And you have to so I it. need to
0: flip the record. It requires your attention, and Absolutely. that's why people love it. Yeah.
1: And if I can bring this back into the roasting room,
0: oh. speaking. Of this attention. is why
1: we're. This is why we're <laughs> sitting in this room. People have to get their wallets out, pay for a ticket. Yeah. Sit at a table. And the only thing they're able to do in this room is watch a music, watch a show. That's it. it dude, there's I mean, no TVs. There's no pinball machine.
2: There's there's nothing else. I was saying before how I had no complaints about the the roasting room. I have one complaint. Pinball um, machine? Well, that would be really cool. <laughs> on stage? Um, the, we were talking about the vetting process to get on stage. I think the roasting room should have a vetting process to get in the room. No <laughs> yeah, Which yeah. now yeah. we've learned... We're gonna put a higher than ten dollar ticket price on a show, and hopefully, it sort of weeds out the undesirables. But we prep.
1: When you say undesirable, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Let's Someone dig that,
2: that is not paying attention.
1: Someone right. that's the not vast majority here. for, and that's, that's for the show, not
0: active listening.
1: That's something we're going to. And this goes back to this. This is fight from day one. This is either the. This is kind of a chicken-egg scenario. Do you want to, and this is what I want, and you want, and Todd wants, is this totally silent room with a performer that has the attention. There will be bands that will come in here that will do that. Angie does that. You guys do that. The band that was here two weeks ago. Can't think of their name right now because they're all running together. But they did that. They had this, everyone was like, laser focus but there will be times when even at a $10 ticket people will come in with the right intentions have four drinks and then they turn into Chatty Cathy and that's but but they paid a door Right. they started out good but then they started then the bar starts to make money so that's the kind yeah. of the hard thing that we're trying to figure out what here. What
0: if we could like wire some sort of like electrode <laughs> underneath the seat? I like and that. then you have like yeah. a seat map and then you could just zap people when S- they just like what the fuck? <laughs> the, the dog collars like Perfect. maybe Perfect. dog Perfect.
2: And, and if your decibel range is you can set the decibel more than <Basically>. breathing. Perfect. More than breathing. Or like a
0: uh, sorry, excuse me. You know, but once you like, start
2: talking for a length of time over a certain amount of decibel, you, you get the buzz. I
0: mean, John, with your marketing I think we expertise got to do, we, we can we, we we like, on, embroider something. the dog collars. It, we're we're not publishing this podcast. We're keeping it close. <laughs> <tight. laughs>
1: this is proprietary stuff. Added to my
0: secrets list. Trademark Cranford.
3: <laughs>
1: there are venues that will, like Eddie's Attic, will have big signs that say, right. Shh. you know, music is happening. you know, Or... The, the 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 people the staff wears T-shirts that on the back says, stop talking. Well, I don't but, know what it is. I
0: mean, it's not perfect, but consider it compared to every other venue. I mean, it's pretty darn close. This place and is incredibly quiet. And amazing yeah. that it can demand the kind of respect that it does. Incredibly and, quiet. It really is. For, for being a year and a half old. No doubt. I yeah.
2: tend to press people, people that come up to me after a, a beachfront show to you. There's 1,500 people and it's mayhem and a big stage and big sound man, we really like you guys, blah, blah, blah. And if they're local, I usually try to always say, well, you should come see us at the roasting room because it's a, such a different mindset. We'll prep for a week or two to come in and play one show, which we don't ever practice except when we're playing the roasting room. You well, guys had four-hour rehearsal today.
1: You yeah. came straight from
2: rehearsal. Yeah, we came straight from rehearsal. We were in there yesterday, and we'll be in there tomorrow. That's insane. Just trying to... Think of something new, which might be revisiting old songs that we haven't been doing or restructuring something, or maybe we're going to play this new cover or et cetera, et cetera, or maybe try out some brand new material. But we come in here with this mindset that we're, we're putting on a performance. You're not just winging it. We're not just like playing a show and we're, we're still putting the same energy into any show we're playing anywhere, anytime, but these intimate shows are much different than what we're used to. Sure. you know, five nights a week, which is a beautiful thing. And
1: it also shows up on your recording as well, because mm-hmm. we have every we record everything here, and when you have a good recording, that's also a, an incentive.
2: Absolutely, and I think that that somewhere down the line is is going to be a really neat uh, archive. Totally, that I know you guys are. Working on We're doing around, something yeah, with yeah. all that. Yeah, from
1: I mean, from time to time, we'll post some things to SoundCloud. And we did post something from SoundCloud, which we do have a SoundCloud account. It's a roasting room. Search it on SoundCloud. And you can find a couple... We, we haven't done much because it's kind of up to the artist whether or not they want those things on there.
3: Yeah.
2: When we did the Swampfire Samplers, there was always an incentive uh, either for a cause or... Hey, you know, to come to this show, you have to buy the CD scenario. And I think something that'd be really neat for y'all to do, especially with, with your reach locally Mm -hmm. with guys playing their own stuff. I mean, I'd be the first guy to sign the the waiver of, we can release this Mm -hmm. and utilize, you know, get it printed get it pressed
0: i think most people want that it, 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 most people are like that but i think also most people want to at least hear it they want to before you publish this once you, just you give me a heads up and let me listen sure, to absolutely it right? sure right it could but, be that but one sort of cut that, 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 i think especially now like we said music is free so the idea of like oh no no i'm going to monetize it like, oh, yeah just, monetizing
1: you know, especially on our side um for since we do technically hold the mechanical copyright to this this is a recording studio that they're playing in technically no oh, i don't know <laughs> it is. It, I mean, we we got my lawyer. We've done, oh, John, you, you, you We've sure you're already we've already kind of kinda <laughs> talked to We already kind of talked to some. Um, we uh,
0: uh, we find it says you, right here on this document that you signed in blood. <laughs> 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 but what we
1: what we do though, what we do though is always up front if we're going to do anything with anybody's music, it's you get the first
0: call. I'll there's probably there's cut, I'll cut that whole
3: part out there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: we don't uh, leave it in.
2: We like to be involved with stuff on that element that has a sense of purpose, something that I was involved with in my hometown after I'd been down here for a few years and and was a touring artist. I was invited to be a part of a compilation at record with a lot of guys from my hometown, very talented, great music scene. Um, and a guitar luthier by the name of Gordy Bischoff works out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So the local music store that has a small studio in their basement, uh, Assembled a compilation CD of everybody playing a song of theirs on a Gordy Bischoff guitar, That's and cool. it was just a really neat concept. And then the the proceeds went to a uh, you know people in need, um, both homeless situations or healthcare or rehabilitation services. Hmm. And the the proceeds of the album went to a cause. and I always thought that was really really something yeah, special. Totally.
0: Yeah, man. Hey, can I uh, jump in here for a second? Jump in. This yeah. whiskey that we're drinking is really delicious.
2: Yeah, let's talk about that because
0: John oh, was the Red one
2: that breast. picked it up. Well, I I fooled Jordan, and I'm I'm actually gonna uh, fact check a couple things here. But I fooled Jordan, and he said, "Well, we're gonna stay away from the Jameson tonight, and we can that's drink kinda, anything on this, thing, shelf, which is his thing, which is Jameson's thing. your thing." Though. And Redbreast is an affiliate uh, Irish whiskey. Um, from Dublin that we really enjoy and is also constructed by uh, by Jameson. There's some of the folks.
0: Hey, at I got one for you, George. Hoodwinked. Ready? So this is this is Cranford's thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Jameson, and he's he's doing it. How about a drink special at the Cranford show of of this whiskey? That of Redbreast, yeah, Redbreast. Guys, I don't you deal with the
1: drinks. I deal with the music. That's right. You yeah, need somebody. to talk to Josh about all hey,
2: Josh, that. Josh, we up. have a <laughs> song that we did on a, a record called Southern Stomp when Mackenzie Eddy called Redbreast sweet S- that's how much we enjoy speaking this speaking of fine Mackenzie scary. Eddie she needs to get up here we need to get those guys down here her and uh, her and her or her, her man her main man Elliot uh, both her partner in in life and uh, also in the music scene are just doing some incredible things in Charleston and Mackenzie's you know been a big breath of fresh air when she kind of came back down four years ago and we started touring and working with them and now they've taken that to Charleston and really put a dent in the scene up there and so yeah, she's um, from here right She's from here uh, graduated from hilton head high and uh went to new york and worked uh with damon dash who started rockefeller with jay-z and we were under dame's label via mckenzie for a hot minute and did a big tour with those guys and um and she, you know she was kind of i think tired of the hustle bustle in new york and came back home to the south and I think that was a really smart move on her part and has really done some amazing things in her time back home
1: yeah she found uh, she she got with Angie Pero
2: and did some work with him um, did there, anything come of that recording-wise? I'm not sure. There is a there is a great uh, video online of them uh, playing up in Atlanta with a, a great big band that I know they spent an awful lot of time on rehearsals. And yeah. uh, there was a quite a bit of songwriting that happened. I don't know if there was ever a record released, but I know that there were some shows played mm-hmm. and, and some songs that were made. Those two are a great pair because... Uh, they they both tend to sometimes dream a little bigger than maybe what uh can be obtained um, but that's a good thing because good thing, right? usually yeah. the the end result is more than you'd expect
0: that's right <laughs> definitely it's the rocket fuel man absolutely yeah. so i'm I'm
2: back here to Redbreast
1: yeah so the whiskey that we're drinking is super
2: smooth any any
1: tasting notes Todd anything that really pops out at you
0: i I generally am it's I really really like you it just or like I medium like it or I'm like <laughs> yeah. and I'm gonna go I really really like this one this is another one that I really <laughs> so it's it's distilled by Jameson okay
2: on Bow Street uh, distillery in Dublin and it's a pot still
0: whiskey so, so, there's, uh, so there's, there's pot in it. Pots, yeah. There's, so there's, that's there's, why we there's, like it so much. So Todd there's thinks pot there's in
2: pot, pot in <laughs> it. Single pot still whiskey is a style of Irish whiskey so, made by a single distillery from a mixed mash of malted and unmalted barley distilled in a pot still. Okay. Uh, somewhat similar to single malt whiskey, the style is defined by its inclusion of unmalted raw barley in the mm. mash in addition to malt. However, on occasion, small amounts of raw oats or wheat may also have been used. And okay. that's a big secret or maybe not a secret, but something people don't know is most of American whiskey, you get an uh, oaked barrel and you use corn with your mash. Mm-hmm. And it has this distinct, you know, almost Jack Daniel-esque American whiskey, American bourbon flavor where Irish whiskey is much smoother, much less smoky, almost the opposite end of the spectrum from Scotch. And that's why I like Jameson so much, because it's the antithesis of, you know, the things I maybe don't like about scotch or American whiskey. I always like Irish whiskeys. Yeah. They're smooth and sweet and nice, <laughs> subtle burn.
0: He can talk about music and he can talk about whiskey. Yeah, that's a, I like well, it. fine. I like it.
3: John, I, you can stay. I really
1: like whiskey. <laughs> you don't have to leave just yet, John. Cool, man. Yeah, it's tasty. Good choice, man. Good stuff. I I hope
0: people will drink it at the week. And one more time, it's called Red Red Breast. Breast. How much does Red Breast cost? you know that, buddy?
1: Well, that was on the second shelf, so I'm thinking it's going to be $8 for a a one-ounce pour. $8. Get that dude with a rock, and you will be... And you'll be in good shape. It. You'll be good shape. Just you shoot can it. shoot it too,
2: but why shoot
1: it. would you? You shoot Jameson. You don't there's shoot a, red There's breast?
2: another variety of whiskey at our, our favorite bar, which I think I can say this because it's an acronym, the Ass Bar, Ashley Street Station. Oh, that's it. fun. In Valdosta, Georgia. And uh, they have a particular variety of whiskey that I've never seen anywhere else. It's some crazy name like the Geese, the Irish Soldiers and the Feathers or right. something. And it's, you know, $16 a pour, and we tend to shoot those. It's the
3: <laughs> best, best way to spend your money. There's not a drop R-
0: wasted. R- remember when he was saying they make 30 bucks, Right. I mean, yeah. we're to and the half of it here. went to that shot. That's <laughs> that's what's my problem. Dang is.
1: Yeah, that was the take after all that fun you had.
3: All right, so let's keep on going. Let's <laughs> yeah, uh, let's, let's keep going. We're,
1: we're, uh, we're just having all kinds of yeah, fun Yeah, we're tonight. real chatty tonight, aren't we? We are. It's fine. Hey, okay. it's This podcast. We don't, we're not. So we're we're not, not chained to anything. We're not fitting in a sitcom <laughs> format here. No. <laughs> no, we're not. So okay, so we are we're moving on to the future a little bit here.
0: Wait, wait, we didn't really do the past yet.
1: Okay, let's go back to the past. Let's, let's go back. Let's to, go back to the fire f- up the Future DeLorean. past. <laughs> this is yeah, this is um, back to future 3 when they go all the way back in the past.
0: So we started talking about a kill of you, but then we, we got right. Then we then we got sidetracked. Yeah, we're good at that. That's okay though, right? So That's let's fine. move on to uh or or no, let's no, stay on a kill of you if we want to. Where have you
2: heard their record? No, it's phenomenal. It's good. The record
1: is very good.
2: It's a absolutely. We didn't have any of their music last time. Yeah. No, I didn't have any with right.
1: any I, Well, the reason why I didn't play it last week was because I wanted to. It was a different format. I wanted to play on, right? yeah. a track that sounded like what it was going to sound like. Right, in the room. On Friday. So let's play, this is you playing the song Beautiful, um, and this is an acoustic version. This is Davey Mastellar playing a upright bass to a, a, a kind of a technical line that he's playing here. Have a listen. Let's play about a minute and a half.
0: Oh, you're psyching me, huh? All right. You got together? Come on.
3: Everybody, put your hands together, come on. story, your portents To kill a
1: instead of a better man. Listen You left me here with a
2: broken hole Did you think I'd sit in a now? mouth? You must think
0: that you're a better man All you left was a better man
3: Beautiful through it
2: the shattering. You're beautiful. But
3: you're beautiful. What's your beautiful? What's your beautiful? So yeah, that sounds
1: really good. That was a. Pretty technical line that Davy was playing. He's like (laughs) all over the place.
2: Davy's another like local monster that you know, just switch not only just from jazz to to rock or metal, whatever you are describing a kill of you as. Uh and then for those guys to come in here and be able to do it acoustically, yeah. It's a pretty big spectrum. It's not as easy as it looks. Definitely not. I, l- I liked about that track that I can I can visualize Doug on stage, and we were, we were talking about Ben Huey earlier, who's like this performer. Yeah, and Doug's another one of those guys. He's just an excellent showman, and has a great attitude on and off the stage, but really gets people involved. And I I'm I don't know I, I don't think that I ever had that, and I don't know if I'm trying to ever seek it. But I think it's it's something to be admired when somebody has that in their bloodstream.
0: that performer thing
2: yeah. You just you own the room. you just yeah. you command attention back right. to that attention thing and and that's how you know I, th- I think a great band can be made. Now Doug obviously surround himself with great technical musicians right. that can handle complicated runs and different types of musicianship, but to have a guy in front that really, commands the audience i think is is such a, a vital tool for any any band
0: well cuz all of us as musicians we you know our attention is probably focused on things that the non-musician is totally just right over their head you know we're 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 right. listening to things in a very different way many times i'm sure but everybody can relate to the singer everybody can. everybody can relate yeah. to the singer yeah
2: totally but those so, guys are on, on a good path i think that they're A unique part of the low country music scene because they're doing something that isn't maybe as commercially viable to the general public. Um, The songs and the records that they write and make, you know, I'm not a metal guy. I listen to their records because I I enjoy these guys and they're my buddies, but but as a musician, I'm listening technically and, and impressed by their musicianship, by the quality of the recording, and you know, not everybody in the Low Country is probably going to dig a kill of you. Yeah. But they're doing all the right things well, but and taking in, all the right I mean, steps.
0: Well, it's, but it's, it's, it's well written. I mean, it's not like it's metal where they're just, you know, screaming some nonsense or Absolutely. whatever. Well, not that it's metal is that, but I mean, this is, there's a real melody and thought out lyrics yeah, yeah, and, yeah,
2: sure. and, you know, really a big meaning probably behind the song. And I think that, uh, you know, yeah. that that's vital, whatever genre sure. you're doing. There's, no, there's some it's heart
0: yeah, in cool.
2: what you're doing.
0: Good on you, of view.
2: Agreed.
1: So and that they, show was successful. I mean, they brought 70, 70 people.
0: That you know, I, don't, I don't think I have 70 Instagram followers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yet. We'll, we'll work on that. You time. wait till Thanks, tomorrow, buddy. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the Friday was great, and Saturday was a huge surprise. I mean, we—I knew that Jenny Lynn was going to be good, but I didn't—I didn't think that she would bring sixty-five people up here. Oh Lord! But I, she did. Oh Lord! And Todd was there. I was—I was there as well for the first half of the show, and uh, whoa! Yeah, God, I was home with my it.
0: jaw on the floor. Yeah, she really brought it, man. She really brought it, and and the band that she brought with her, um, you, you know, they're—they're they're all super humble and and just nice and have great vibes on stage great vibes off stage but they just were just legit they They, just just were as legit as they get and you know the banjo player um he did his own solo thing he said here yeah he's
1: got his own record he did his own solo tour and played here right Uh, i want to say it was august of last year maybe right
0: and then tuttle yeah and then the guitar player i got to hang out with a little bit seth he's you know a super young kid Yeah, he seemed like
1: he was maybe maybe 22, 23. Yeah, he turned me
0: on. So we we hung out late with him and the bass player. And uh, I mean, the bass player's a Berkeley guy, and he's not like a started Berkeley guy. He's like a finished Berkeley guy. Wow. (laughs) You know, like, and he's just as legit as they get. The thing that hit me really hard about that show, um, like, I love Bluegrass and I listen to Bluegrass. um, But just watching it live, it, it, it really hit me the similarities between jazz and Bluegrass like just because in jazz like really just like the the gcd thing in bluegrass but you know like whatever these are just such standard formats you know and there's like this classic form and it's really like 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 a 12 bar blues is to a jazz it's like everybody knows how to do that and everybody can do that and it's no problem that we don't have to learn this tune let's just go mm-hmm. but you know the way that it was it's just like this format it's like this this structure that's sacred and timeless and everybody does. And and it's cool to see everybody do it their own way. And yeah. it was, I was blown away by how good these guys could play.
1: Even though it's, it's still, it's been around for a long, long time. It's still enjoyable. It's still oh, yeah. fresh. Oh, it's of course, still, of course. And, and young guys are still seeking it out. Like that's just the beauty of, of music because it's just, it could, uh, it, could be, it could be cyclical. It could be, you know, G C D C, but well, I, I mean, when you're playing it the it has way to they be Complicated
0: it. to be good. No, no, it's like, right. it's the other way. I think actually more often than not, you know, it's harder <laughs> right. to be simple. You know, if that yeah, makes sense. Totally.
2: What always blows me away about the Nashville guys is the Nashville numbering system. Oh yeah, and the the musicianship uh, that's expected in Nashville, whether you're a studio guy or you're playing on Broadway, to know this numbering system so that any song, sure, you can take the root. And explain. Okay, this is one four five, and they just go. There's no. There's no scribbling on a notepad to know the chord changes or. You know, hours of rehearsal to say, "Hey, this one is this format." Well, and and most key,
0: yeah, and most of them, you know, talking is almost a a mute point because I can play it to you, and you can hear it quicker than I can tell you what to play. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, they all have ears, and they can they know what's coming. Speaking of play, let's listen to "Burn the Candle." This is
1: this is a, a an excerpt from this song where where they're trading licks back and forth. Let's have a listen, Jenny Lynn, "Burn the Candle" at both ends.
0: That was some pretty funky bluegrass. Yeah. Well, I mean, they how, both many, how many bluegrass players do you know that bring pedal boards? Yeah, both <laughs> of them
1: did. The guitarist and the banjo player. And the... I was doing, like, the mouth thing to... Him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 Seth, I mean, all their tone so was fun. so good. I mean, definitely, like, you know, there's a novelty to a distorted guitar and an envelope filter on a guitar. for But... Their acoustic tone, which is 98% of what they do, like it's right. a real, th- that one had a lot of effects on it, but their tones were so good, man. These guys all had such great sounds, man.
3: Yeah, I think that were, show was great. You
2: were man. talking about space earlier, and something that I hear in that is this, you know, space for the soloist to take the lead and probably not a big of volume. You know, in a rock band, you take the lead and you turn up. Right. You hit yeah. your overdrive pedal. <laughs> right. And with this acoustic music to, to be able to, to allow that space to happen, whether you're a lead guy or rhythm guy on stage or whose turn it is, it's the hardest thing to learn and the hardest thing to teach in a band setting.
0: Dynamics is dynamics. dynamics. The, the yeah. best effect pedal that you can ever buy is, is in your hands is absolutely. Is, is absolutely just playing softer is the, the most powerful effect that you have as a musician at your disposal. There's no question about it.: Absolutely. No Agreed. Yeah, but they, um, um, when they were leaving, Seth, you know, so we're hanging out and, and he's p- packing up, and he was talking to a little bit about gear. You know, musicians always talk about gear, and he's like, "Yeah, Vince plays through that." When I was playing with Vince, I'm like, "What? What? What? what Vince?" And so yeah, he was like Vince Gill's guitarist. So when you're Vince Gill's guitarist, he, he's
1: That's probably pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> and he looked 25. So I mean, yeah. he was another prodigy. So I mean that 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 stage was
0: full of prodigies that yeah, was cool and at a $10 ticket people
1: get up here
0: Well, but, I mean, but sell this thing I, out I think everybody that came to that show next time Jenny Lynn comes through they will be here they will be here and they will bring their friends yeah. and and you, you got to see it when it was easy to get a ticket because I don't think next time it'll no. be easy to and get it a ticket
1: mi- and it might even be more expensive because she's probably going to come with somebody even bigger she'll probably oh, end already. up bringing another band so I mean that's that's another thing too is we're getting these repeat bands coming through but what they're doing this time around is they're stacking up their show. for instance, and this was just last night I was coming back from a show um, from a gig, and I was on Instagram with and just scrolling like everyone else does, but I saw a, bill, like a band with a bill. like they were, they were going mm-hmm. to play it was local, uh, Little Country Giants was playing with Rachel Byam from Ten String Symphony. Oh, okay. Cool. Both bands have played here. But in, in a different, you know, well, totally different time that's of year. What we've been talking but about. But they like. were they were together on a bill somewhere in North Carolina or Atlanta. Maybe was, maybe at his Attic actually. Anyway, well, and like so s- I email.
0: <laughs> sorry, <dude. laughs> stop, stop it. <laughs> so,
1: so I mean, the whole thing was I just I did just private message him and said let's get this exact bill here. Yeah. You know, those guys are both of them were great, but together it would be like just dynamite. So it's happening, is what I guess what the, my point is. That's something are that
2: we need more of. That I think we've tried a lot in the low country is multiband bills, and the, the hardest thing with non-ticketed shows is, well, how the hell are you going to pay everybody? Yeah. And you know what I always try to advocate with venues in the low country is, you know, you don't always have to charge. But once in a blue moon, it'd be cool to do something great. And we're lucky to have the roasting room doing that all the time. But when you are a patron of a show, I'm much more likely to pay $20 for a ticket with two bands than $15 for one band. Mm-hmm. Sure. And hopefully at the end of the night, you know, that means everybody gets paid. Um, but, I th- you know, I think that that's something that we should grasp onto a little bit more here in the low country both here at the roasting room and and any other venue Mm -hmm. and put on put on three bands we had nine bands one night at the smokehouse and everybody played a 30 minute set wow and I thought that was that was one of the neatest. Who's things. Whose backline did you use? Yours? Ours. Yeah, we it was it was horrendous, but it, we did it. We pulled it off. We, uh, how did how did Randy to, feel after to all? Move, of that? To move people every thirty minutes, you know, to yeah. M- yeah, it's get, a lot of work you know, monitor their sets. It's hard to do. It's hard to put on. It's a lot of thought, but uh, it can be done. Yeah, it definitely can. We've done shows with uh, Native and C two and the brothers Reed down at uh, Caligny Theater. And both have been exceptional, cool. and and we need more of that in the Low
0: Country. Well, so are you? Would you say that you're on a rotation now? That Cranford's probably going to be here three or four times a year for sure, or, or two have, or three times a year. You have been
1: here. Let's see. The last time you were here was six months ago. Six months, so maybe twice, uh, a, year. Um, twice a year. Twice yeah. a year is about the right kind of right. of hype to build up. I think. I, I, well, you would want to be here,
0: you know the more right, often yeah.
1: you come the the less you know it's kind of a diminishing return right. so we do want to keep it fresh give you opportunity too if you got new material it might take you know it might be every six months that you might have a new song to give out or like your Christmas album have an entire album that just kind of came out of nowhere and said hey let's release this
0: but let's talk about do you ever do like smaller format stuff that's not your whole band do you ever do yeah we'll
2: do like a duo or a a trio or or you know like an acoustic style show we used to do more of it Um, and then we've, like, strayed away with it because now our set's pretty demanding as, you know, technically and and the sounds we're trying to get, sometimes it doesn't always translate in a smaller environment. Right. But, like, on Friday, um, two days from now, Yanni and I are playing the Distillery, the Hilton Head Distillery. They're doing, like, a Friday music um, series. That's cool. And... Sometimes that works out really nice because you get people in town for the week or the weekend. And, oh, where are you playing tomorrow? Well, we're playing the resting room. Sorry, it chilled out, but you should go there anyways. But and you know, know, in line? We, try, we definitely try to like line How good up. are you at arm wrestling?
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, let's talk about the, the next time you're coming here um, outside of, of July 1st. We're going to try something totally different. Let's, let's go into that.
2: So there was this record put out in 86 called Graceland by songwriter, infamous songwriter Paul Simon. And globally at the time, you know, apartheid was big in South Africa and Paul Simon went made this record there and that was like frowned upon and people were, you know, kind of giving him a lot of grief. And the record turned out to be... The best, as far as I'm concerned, the best record put out in the 80s and sort of for me was a, something that I heard really early on. My mom's tape collection and wore the tape out. And the first time, you know, you hear it's like a Sgt. Pepper's scenario of like, wait, wait, you can you can make music with like other stuff, not just guitars right. and, and drums. And so I think that that record is always like held really dear to me. So it's it's coming on what's a, you know the thirty first anniversary, which you know we should have thought about this more and maybe done it last year on the 31st anniversary. But <laughs> yeah. we're basically going to try to replicate the entire album on stage, all eleven songs. And what we've done is actually taken tracks from the record. We've been playing a lot of them live over the years. Um, but what we want to do is actually record all 11 songs and awesome. give give them away for free online. Use them as a promotional doer f- tool for the show, and then get a, you know they're good format for people to <laughs> practice to and yeah. and so it'll be Cranford Hollow and South Beach Orchestra. And South Beach is always a really pleasurable experience because it's the it's kind of the the A team. And, you know, Marty Lush and Randy and Johnny Ruxton playing uh, percussion and uh, Joe Vickers and Dr. Wilkins on the pedal steel guitar. You know, there's just a lot of opportunity for sound. So it'll be this rotating cast all night. We're going to bring in some other local guys um, as well and uh, hopefully replicate this thing to the best of our ability. But I've never done a full Album show Where we're
0: replicating It's a super fun thing Yeah, yeah. man I
2: love yeah. it yeah. I
1: love I, When yeah. you pitched the idea I was like yes A big capital letter Is like let's Let's do that
0: Well it's also a great way I mean not like You need to expand Your fan base But it, it, it Everybody knows That record Front right. and back And so I, Who wouldn't go see Which is gonna A be band of, see, You know Especially a band As popular as you guys I think it's a great But that's idea. gotta be A lot of pressure
2: too Because everyone
0: knows That record
3: so. Yeah
2: I, I mean I think that You're <laughs> your best way is to honor what you can and and in your own voice you know replicate the songs and in some of the songs if you can A-beat them next to each other they're completely different they're gonna sound completely different but the lyrics are there and I think that's what's important
0: nobody's gonna hit those bass parts it's better off I'm just gonna gonna (laughs) do it with my mouth (laughs) (laughs) speaking of that they, they released something like maybe I don't know for the 25th or whatever there was there's something where um, diamonds on the soles of her shoes. I don't, I'm sure you've heard it, but there's where it's just the bass part, Paul singing and the acapella harmony. Hmm. That could have been the track. And it's it is the track, but it's everything is missing except that and that bass part. Oh my lord! Oh my! It it because you know the be, you know the part, right. but then when you hear it, on it, the, everything is perfect. It's the most perfect bass. It's just you know, it's like. And everything is just perfect. The, it's incredible playing. The, the bass <laughs> solo <laughs> <and> <laughs> You
2: Can Call Me Al, they The backwards they, one or, they yeah. flipped it around. Yeah. So it's it, but then it was great, like if you watch the concert in Central Park. He plays it. He played it. Yeah. He, he played it, it yeah. but back and backwards yeah. and forward. Yeah, right. and it was like, What the heck, man? Yeah. You're yeah. on another planet. Yeah, it's a different level. <laughs> So and if that, you can, yeah. if you can find, is is Phil gonna play bass, all those bass parts or we'll, what? We'll trade it off between Phil and Joe, but Phil's Phil's gonna handle quite a bit, and he's been doing a great job. Like we do the title track, Graceland. We do Diamonds. Um, you know We just did Myth of Fingerprints last week.
0: But you take it and you make it your own. You make right. it. You, you, it's not like you're like, oh, we're gonna do this note for note. It's gonna be in the style of Cranford, which is it's it's cool that you have your own thing. You know, absolutely.
2: Yeah. I think the the nuances of like the percussion, you know, with when you're when you when you turn over to African music, the kick drum is no longer on the one and three, it's on a two and a four and there's all these polyrhythms happening with the percussion. So that's like definitely something that we are gonna try to honor or replicate. And um, you know, maybe not everything else, but that's that's gonna be a highlight of the night is any time Randy and John Ruxton are on a stage together, it's it's magic. Yeah.
1: So anyway, that show is not announced yet, but when it does get ready, because when that show gets announced and it gets on Facebook and it gets on Instagram, it's going to be so it's going to sell. It's It's going to sell really quickly. And
2: I think that we're going to be, you know, you guys have done the format in here where you're taking out the tables. And I think that's like a night where we want to put more people in the room. It's a celebration. It's we're not trying to, you know, when Cranford Hollow comes in here, we want to have a complete listening environment and we're trying to catch this recording and i th- you know i think that when we have the ability to you know just honor something and put on a show that the environment in here can can be a little looser we want it to be but more of a party there, than it is a, a
3: hmm. precise we'll, have to,
2: we'll have to talk about that in post oh,
1: yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I, th- I want it to be fun you know sure. bottom bottom line however the show is formatted i want it to be a, a m- much more fun show than, you know, this very, like, serious listening mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure. Cool. We can be fun, too, John. <laughs> it should be fun. It should always be fun. I, you know, I think that we get lost, you know, in the details sometimes mm-hmm. and trying to obtain this, you know, perfect sound up here. Dude, you're on it. Absolutely. But, but that, you know, that, that can sometimes take over and, and frustrate you. Totally. you know at times
0: well that's what it's it, the whole thing I'm so glad to hear you say that because that's exactly what it's about I don't care what you're doing music it, if it doesn't have joy it's dead absolutely it's got to it, you know man, make a joyous noise unto the Lord <laughs> that's it that's yeah. absolutely <laughs> yeah. it man it, even it, a sad song yeah. can be joyful well I mean it's got to have that energy that it's got to be coming from, from, a, from a place where it's yeah obviously not sad songs but yeah but you know what I'm saying
2: and I think that's you know that's why that record was an approachable record for us or for me specifically because it means there's so much meaning and that's that record's been a part of my life for 30 years. Right. So the importance of you know what that's taught me or influenced my taste or my selection or how I'm recording. You know, there's a lot of stuff behind that record that's made right what on. I am as a musician. Right on. So yeah, I love it. I'm pumped. I, ca- I cannot wait for that
1: show. It's gonna be oh, within the next within the next six months. In 2017, it's gonna happen. In 2017, it's already on our calendar on a hold. So
2: we're open. We're open. Everybody
1: commits. We're gonna. We're once we get all the committals, we will put it on the site and just watch it fly. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm pumped. Well, friends,
0: we are... Well, let's, uh, let's since we got John, Since we're, okay. we're talking about what, you know, John, we always have sort of our format is here, we talk about what's coming, we talk about what was last weekend, and then we talk about something that we're into. And it's cool to have you here, and, and what are you listening to these days? Uh,
2: I just got this record uh, by a guy um, that, I didn't know this, but has written a lot of my favorite songs that other artists and bands have covered. And this is pretty typical in the music industry that, you know, you hear somebody sing something or play something and, man, you didn't know it was written by this guy. You thought that the, the guy, you know, right. so this guy, J.J. Kale, like he wrote Cocaine of course, by so, Eric yeah, Clapton. Yeah, I like, Clapton's oh, man, man. And we used to play uh, a couple songs of his. And then I had heard Traveling Light by Widespread Panic. And that's like one of my favorite widespread songs. And actually, that's another J.J. Cale song. So a friend of mine, Chris Walton, actually bought me the vinyl. I was like, "Dude, you gotta spend some time with this record." And one of the the, the favorite, my favorite track, and actually Cranford Hollow is now covering is it's called "Ride Me High," and uh, it's just it's a great record and it's it's so analog and it's so warm.
0: It's perfect. Right?
2: Yeah. They they just they're not making stuff that sounds like not they're not making a lot of records anymore. was it
0: last year that we lost JJ right? or a year before Couple that, yeah, yeah within within the last two or three years, years and, are, and
2: yeah. you know the sad the saddest thing about that is is you know the amount of talent and, and contributions that he had uh, to the music industry like you know not a lot of people know about this guy but man did he really write some great great material
1: yeah I think the musicians know a lot more about JJ than the general right. public definitely
2: right. But this
1: this album, Troubadour, that you're talking about, 1976, had Travel and Light, Cocaine, and Ride Me High on It, and uh, Up and Down. This this album is fantastic. You picked out Ride Me High. Let's let's leave you with this tonight, friends. Ride Me High, JJ J. Cale. I am Jordan Ross.
0: I'm Todd Cowart. I'm John Cranford. Hey, we should mention what about Trevor? Trevor,
3: you know what about
1: Trevor? Well, He's we love Trevor. Okay. <laughs> Trevor had actually he was a he was on a boat tonight. Yeah, he had a late gig. Trevor's on a boat, so Trevor will be here next week. But until then, Jordan Ross, Todd Coward, and our dear special guest, John Cranford, sold out of show this weekend. Thanks for
0: hanging out, John. On board. Thank love you, you, guys. guys. Yeah. Definitely.
3: Lord, down where you feel me? Sexy things you do.
2: Baby, baby, baby. Let me talk to you. I just love to whisper in your sexy ear. Tell you that I love you. Take it with Enjoy your right in
3: lowdown, slowdown, you your inhibitions right Low down, slow down, keep low down.